Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here for Underdog Fantasy, who are handing out $1 million in giveaways on Super Bowl Sunday. All you need is a verified Underdog account to be eligible. So sign up for Underdog Fantasy and see if you win this Sunday. Underdog Fantasy, don't forget to use promo code 1010XL. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I'd rather be. You can have Sin City. I don't want anything to do with it. So, of course, next weekend, when I'll be out there, I won't climb up the spear, but I may get high enough inside the spear during those U2 shows to, who knows what will come out of it, but that's a week away. We got a show right now. We got five shows next week. I can't even begin to think about that. And I also won't waste your time by saying, I can't wait for, because I can wait for it. I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about tomorrow. A great round of golf with friends. I'm excited about a Super Bowl party that I will be going to on Sunday. Am I allowed to say Super Bowl party if I'm going to one in the hood? If I'm going to one that a neighbor is having? We're not charging any money. There is no cover charge. You don't have to pay for food. You don't have to pay for booze. I... I don't know. You know, the, the NFL mafia, uh, they're out there. And they want theirs. Hell, I already paid the 210 mafia. I have to pay the NFL mafia now uh, as well. But I, I probably should have checked before the show. I mean, I've only been doing this for 32 years, right? This is Super Bowl 58. This is my 32nd year in radio. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say I'll be attending a Super Bowl party. I don't want to get Seven Bridges Radio. In trouble. Because they won't come after me, right? You can't get blood from a rock, can't get blood from a stone. Uh, they'll come after the uh, the heavy honchos here. I, I bet they get away with nothing. I mean, didn't Jeremy Pruitt try like 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We got a lot. To, this is going to be a blast tonight. I'm really looking forward to, you know, dreaming. Here's two things I got for you. All right. Those who say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Screw that, man. I sleep when I'm alive, and I love sleeping. If I don't get at least 9, 10 hours, um, I'm going to be cranky. Sleep while you're alive, okay? The other thing is, don't be afraid to dream. You know, dreaming is for suckers, pipe dreams, daydreams, late-night fantasy dreams. No matter what it may be, dream, dream, dream. Wasn't it Blondie who said dreaming? Dreaming is free. So we've all done it, probably much more so when we were young. But it's continued year after year after year. You dreamed about the perfect woman, right? All you ladies out there, even those of you working on your fourth marriage, you, you, know, you dreamed of the perfect man, right? You dreamed of the perfect job. You dreamed of the perfect home. Us dudes dreamed about the ultimate play with everything on the line. And what would it be? 
Would it be Super Bowl 58, a game-winning touchdown drive? You went 10 plays, took 2 minutes, 19 seconds off the clock, and a touchdown pass to win Super Bowl 58. As far as I'm concerned, there's only been one Super Bowl that has ended with a Super Bowl touchdown, right? And that was the overtime affair when Atlanta was up 28-3 over the New England Patriots. Sure, Tom Brady in 2001, that furious, um, you know, nine, nine and a half point underdog, and it it led to uh, an Adam Vinatieri field goal. We had uh, Santonio Holmes, that phenomenal touchdown, the corner of the end zone, but there was like 40 seconds remaining. You had the Eli Manning touchdown pass uh, to Plaxico Burris. There's been so many that have been close, and you've had many that have, not many, but you've had some uh, that have ended on the goal line. You've had some that have ended in field goals. But as far as I know, there's only been one game-winning touchdown in the 57 Super Bowls that we have seen. And if we haven't seen them, perhaps we've gone back and and witnessed them, studied them, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, that wouldn't be it for me. I've always been about being in the slot, you know, being in um, the left slot with a beautiful one-timer and, uh, you know, just delivering one right over the shoulder of a goaltender uh, to win the Stanley Cup. I know in this market, you dream about two tires, four tires, two tires, four tires, that final lap of the Daytona 500, just holding off all the competition. Just having your engine just a smidge better than everyone else. What about walking to 17? One or two stroke lead, wind picks up, swirling, 152 yards. You got yourself a wedge. You got to measure the, oh, David Duval. You're not David. You're going to go to the right of the Sunday pin play. You're going to land to the right of it? Damn right. Damn right. One of the greatest. Number 17s we've ever seen. Who goes to the right of the stick on Sunday? Jacksonville's David Duvall did. So I have a little bit of fun right here on this Sunday. What would it be? A a middle in right over the heart of the plate. I mean, a grooved pitch. Maybe, you know, kind of like when Chan Ho Park threw it 84 miles an hour over the heart of the plate for Cal Ripken. Back in the All-Star game, Uh, uh, you know, maybe a last-second three ball. To win it, remember baseline, Keith Smart, Indiana over Syracuse. To win it, Jordan's done it. All the greats uh, have done it, but it feels like like football in the Super Bowl is the ultimate prize, and it's the ultimate game. It is dominated in every way that you can look at it, ratings-wise, popularity-wise, statistically speaking. The NFL is so far ahead, but it's not too often that you really isolate a phenomenal game-winning play in football. Am I wrong? I don't think so. I think it comes up much more in baseball. I think it comes up much more in hockey and basketball. I think it comes up much more in golf. Just my opinion. I may be wrong. If so, tell me, but it feels like it's more of a 60-minute game and you set a tone and and plays happen all throughout, it's not the final play. Like so many other sports have ended um, forever. But anyway, that's where we're at. Super Bowl 58 
coming up Sunday from Las Vegas. We're going to have a live report in about 40 minutes. We'll be checking in with the Philly Rooster. Reports of a major bet getting ready to be made by a sharp on Kansas City. How much would this move the line? Uh, that is going to be pretty interesting to take a look at. All right. The 2024 Hall of Fame class was announced last night. Uh, I'm disappointed with Fred Taylor, but I'm not surprised with Fred Taylor because it's what I believed all along. I think he moves closer. I think I'm more disturbed about all this Marshawn Lynch uh, talk. And, you know, Marshawn is is an interesting guy. You know, he kind of had the Steve Carlton, Rasheed Wallace, I'm not going to talk to anyone, yet with him... It became kind of colorful, right? It became kind of cute. And he made a lot of money off it. But I, I do believe there's like a cult type of, of following with him. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of this and a lot of that. I don't know how that will influence, if it will at all, the NFL Hall of Fame voters. Um, again, I am just absolutely shocked that Antonio Getz did not get in last night. I, if I was a better... I would have put everything I owned on Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates getting it. That would have been the two without any question. And it didn't work out that way. For Fred Taylor, I know a lot of people are disappointed here, but I still think he's got a real good chance. I think the Antonio Gates situation may hurt him a little bit because you know you start to give it the eye test and you look at automatic selections. You know, next year Eli Manning is up. Well, I mean, you better vote him in, right? That's the first family in the National Football League. Archie, if he has his way, and Eli is not voted in by writers, I'm sure he'll be asking for their vote. And I say this in all seriousness. The Manning family is so far away of everything in pro football. For the record, Eli deserves to get in. All right, His one loss record is awful. You know, it's Joe Namath-esque. But he won two Super Bowls. And he won two Super Bowls in New York. And if you look at numbers, he's top 10 in all of the most important statistical categories that do mean something. So, you know, Eli's going to get in uh, next year. I don't think anyone would would argue uh, with that particular point. Adam Vinatieri, first year as a place kicker, you got to be kidding me. As great as he was, and he won two Super Bowls. He also won big games in Indianapolis, won a Super Bowl there. I, I don't think in year one, Terrell Suggs is pretty intriguing. But but anyway, um, with Fred Taylor, yeah, I, I think um, the opportunity is really going to be there for him in 2025. He, he, needs, he needs a publicist. He, Fred does it on his own, and it's not enough, and it can also be looked at uh, differently, right? Those who promote themselves for an award – um, I know Fred. Th- th- there's no, um, there's nothing that's uh, supposed to be looked at negatively with the way that he says it. But I just feel like someone else needs to pound the chest on Fred's behalf. He doesn't need to do it himself. And I've seen a lot of players. I've seen members of the media, former players, members of the media, who have gone forward and done it. There's just not enough, and and it's right here. It's in Jacksonville. It's it's not nationwide. And it needs to be in order for Fred Taylor to really be recognized for what he was able to do. So I'm going to stay with what I said forever. I think Fred will get in next year's class in 2025. The other disappointing part of this for me was only one wide receiver. That's Andre Johnson. 
Again, you look at all the wide receivers that are ahead of Jimmy Smith, and I believe today's Jimmy's birthday. So uh, happy birthday uh, to the great Jimmy Smith. You know, I still think it's another six or so years uh, for Jimmy, but what you need to have happen here, and it's the opposite of what is going on right now with Fred Taylor, is that there's really a logjam with a whole bunch of players that are going to get in before Jimmy Smith at wide receiver. Now, whether you agree with this or you disagree with this, it, um, it is reality. You know, that, that is what is, in fact, going to take place. And, and when you start looking at guys, you know, like Torrey Holt, and you start looking at guys uh, like Reggie Wayne, and you look at um, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Heinz Ward, uh, these are players who put up phenomenal numbers, better numbers than Jimmy Smith in their career. And it seems like we're at the crossroads here where the expansion of the game, the changing of the game, the wide open offense. I just mentioned Eli Manning. He's in top five in a lot of these categories, if not top 10, and, you know, yardage and touchdowns and things like that. The numbers have almost become video game-esque in some circles, and I, I think it may hurt some of the voters. I don't, I don't know that. I'd asked Mike Sando about that last week when he joined us, because when I was talking about Fred Taylor, his first response was he only had one Pro Bowl. And I was like, okay, look at his numbers. Everyone ahead of him is in the Hall of Fame who's eligible. The only two, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, not eligible. The line goes right to Fred Taylor, and then it ends. And it's like the numbers to him were important, but not nearly the most important part of this. In my mind, numbers are still huge. Mammoth. And these guys are going to get in. You're going to see Reggie Wayne get in. You're going to see Anquan Bolden get in. Torrey Holt um, get in. Jimmy Smith, 26th all-time in receiving yards, 12,287. Very impressive. Uh, you know, a guy like Antonio Brown, who you would think would not get in just because he's been, um, you know, such, a, uh, uh, such an idiot, right? Such a disgrace to the game. Can you really take away from what he actually did do on the field? I, I don't know, okay? That's what they're going to have to come up with. I've always looked at, voting, okay? And I've never been asked to vote for an MVP. I've never been asked to vote uh, for the Hall of Fame. I I do vote for the Heisman Trophy and have for for many, many years. But I've always looked at the awards simply as what they did on the field, okay? Because if you start to look at character or the lack thereof, just look at the Hall of Fame in the NFL. Look at the Hall of Fame in Major League Baseball. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There's been a cast of really bad characters. But that was disappointing last night as well. I was kind of hoping that two would get in. I was hoping you'd get maybe both from the U. Man, that would have been three overall for Miami getting in if you had Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, and Devin Hester. Or if not, maybe Jacksonville's second edition. Yeah, Torrey Holt, the one season he did spend here. He's going to get in as well, and uh, that could actually be the case coming up in 2025. So if you want to comment on that, absolutely you can as we get things started right here on a Friday edition. Okay, last night I talked about consistency. And what I meant by that was 
whenever there are surveys, whenever there are reports, um, I'm going to give them to you. And unfortunately, in a lot of these circles, when in fact they do come out, it's really, really bad for Jacksonville, right? The last two surveys I've done, Jacksonville, the weakest fan base in the NFL. It's, it's, uh, it's blood boiling to me, but that's what the masses vote on. They say, you, Duval, you're the weakest, all right? We got into it yesterday as far as fan support in the city when you combine college and pro, all right? College, Jacksonville was dead last, 240th in America. There's no uh, bleeding in of Florida or Florida State or Miami. They're looking at Edward Waters, and they're looking at JU and UNF and no football. They said, Jacksonville, you're last. The NFL, they put Jacksonville at 29, right? The only team behind them was Houston at 30. Remember, there's two football teams in both L.A. and New York, so you're not ranking it 1 through 32. You're ranking it 1 through 30. Jacksonville actually moved up, moved ahead of Houston cleaned the clock last night in both the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. But here we go. I said that I, I can't wait to sit here. And I, 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 I hate using the expression, can't wait. But in this set of circumstances, it almost comes true because Jacksonville's always getting beaten up, right? We did it yesterday, JJ. We said Jacksonville's kind of like Mikey from life. You know, Jacksonville's kind of like the, you're really going to rip open that oyster and eat it? You're really going to take that potato out of the ground and, and eat it? Jacksonville's like an experiment, right? Let's just make Jacksonville go to London. Let's make Jacksonville play more games in London. It, it, it's always down and out uh, for Jacksonville. But I said, there's going to be a time when Jacksonville is heard. When Jacksonville is not dead last in a survey, well, enter this. It came in from the good folks at Bet Online. When it comes to, and I do quote, season ticket holders who are followers either on Facebook or Instagram and follow an NFL team, in this case, the Jaguars, and follow. Taylor Swift, the Jaguars are not last. They are officially 20th out of 32 teams in the NFL. So let's stand up and let's celebrate. Let's put our hands together. Jacksonville has finally been heard. Number 20 out of 32 teams in the combination of bet online, season ticket holders, followers of Taylor Swift as well. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's something that you should be proud of. And uh, teens behind you, Atlanta, Tennessee. And look at all the, look at all the AFC division. Look at all the AFC South teams. Uh, Tennessee, Carolina, Indianapolis. Uh, let's see. Minnesota, Arizona, San Francisco, D.C., Baltimore, Denver, Buffalo, Las Vegas, and the L.A. Chargers. So there you go. Trying to stay consistent. If there's a good poll like this one, I'm going to give it to you. If it's a bad one, like being the weakest fan base in the NFL, unfortunately, I'm going to give that to you as well. Although I do disagree. I think you fans are 
are really, really good. And I still don't know what they want you to do to, to show that you're a tougher fan, right? I mean, we don't want you throwing batteries at people like they do in Philadelphia. We don't want you jumping through tables trying to impress chicks like they do in Buffalo. Um, I don't know what it is. But somehow, some way, I think it's got to change. Probably it's like everything else around here. You need to win in order for the force to change, right? You need to win a Super Bowl. You need to get into the Super Bowl in order to force a change. Jacksonville's one of the only four teams in the NFL who's never been uh, to a Super Bowl. Who's right behind them? Houston, another team that has never been to the Super Bowl. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Family organization out at the beach. Anything that involves your eyes, they are your one stop, okay? We're talking about more than 30 years of experience when it comes to laser eye surgery. You may not know anything about laser eye surgery. What it would entail is having 20-20 for the rest of your life, okay? How much do you struggle with fatigue in your eyes later in the day? What about when you have to make the switch at night? Maybe you're watching television, you want to read your phone, you want to read in general, and you got to go to your, uh, your readers and you can't find them. And then, you know, you fall asleep with contacts in. You get out when you go to the, to the lavatory. You got to take your con- – I and mean, it's all a nuisance. Uh, believe me, uh, I'm aware of that. With laser eye surgery, you would never experience that again. I wish I was a candidate for laser eye surgery. I'm not because I had surgery on my right eye in another matter going back eight and a half years ago. And that's also what they do at Schmunez Vision, high-quality medical and surgical eye care. I want you to take a look at them online. Just go to Schmunez Vision. That is Schmunez Vision online, and everything is explained to you so you can take a look at it for you and your family. That is Schmunez Vision. All right, we got much more to do. Uh, Coming up next, I think you're going to like where I'm going. Okay, I want you to keep it right here. Something that came in today with another owner. This owner with the New York Jets and Woody Johnson um, is probably going unreported or certainly untalked about here. But it's really, really intriguing. And the question is, would you like to see Shad Khan put this organization in a similar setting? If you don't know what I'm talking about, good. It's coming up next. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I see Tony Khan getting ready to come on on and talk to the good folks on NFL Network, the Jaguars' chief football strategy officer, Tony Khan, also owner, Tony Khan, involved in a lot of things, wrestling, football, right, the original football over there. I was listening to um, Men at Work today. Johnny Be Good, you aware of it? JJ, came uh, out in the 80s? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. You're going to go to school today, Johnny? You're going to play football this year, Johnny? Nah. You're going to play cricket this year, Johnny? Nah. Nah. So, that's the original football. Actually, I hated going over to, uh, to London, but I did go to a Fulham game. And it was actually really enjoyable. I'm not never been a big soccer guy, but I, I enjoyed it. The big surprise you're not allowed to drink beer at your seat. Yeah, you have to go to like the turnstiles. Right. 
And I have to go underneath and do it. But it, it was really not. It was Fulham a nice is, walk. by the way, like the biggest joke in England of uh, fans. I want you to know that joke as far as what, like, like their cast of characters, hoity-toity, you know, bougie. They don't sing. They don't make any noise. Their tickets are crazy expensive. It's like the super posh part of town. No one respects Fulham fans in England. Okay. I had a good time. I thought the walk in because you got a little um, – it reminded me like the Charles River. Yeah, it's right on the river. In Boston, the walk in, there, there was some, uh, you know, um, what the hell do you call it? Canoeing or whatever it is. What's the main word? What do they call it? It's actually big where I come from. Rowing? Yes, rowing, rowing, row, row, row your boat. <laughs> I mean, this is like some sports, like why – who would ever just grow up one day and be like, Mom, Dad, I want to row? Very wealthy folks. But yeah, and it's grueling. You ever it done like a it, you yeah. ever done like a row before? Like rowing before on like at the gym. Yeah. Uh, but they do that down at the Charles, down on the dirty water. They they also did it at uh at Fulham. So I was pleasantly surprised. And it was a perfect London day. It was cold, it was rainy, <laughs> it was just what you would expect. Um, all right, we need to teach a lesson here. Here's the 7370 saying, Baloo, would you please stop saying he won a Super Bowl or maybe two? Rocky Blyer won four Super Bowls. Should he be in the hall? No. He played on a team that won four Super Bowls. Should he be in ahead of Barry Sanders, who didn't win? Barry was obviously... Uh, my point, I always hear people say he won a number of Super Bowls, yada, yada, yada. Listen, it's important for quarterbacks. We had Mike Sando. I asked him about Fred Taylor in no Super Bowl last week, and he said nothing, irrelevant. I said, so if he went to New England late in his career and won a Super Bowl, you don't think that would have had any effect on Fred Taylor getting it? He said, no, it only applies to quarterbacks. Look at Joe Namath's look at Joe Namath. Look at his numbers. They suck. He threw more interceptions and touchdowns. His one loss record is one game under 500. Joe Namath, he blew, he invented the game. You know, back then you could take uh, liberties on quarterbacks. You could beat the living tar out of them. He threw the ball downfield. Yeah, yeah, all of these apologists. Look at his numbers. Joe Namath was as average as the day was long. Why was he a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer? He sat with his shirt off in front of Brent Musburger and eight other scribes in Miami at a pool as a nine-point underdog and said, we are going to win the Super Bowl. That's why he's in. It means something for quarterbacks. I think even some running backs, like depending on what type of team you are, like, you know, the early 2000s, late 90s Broncos, you know, Terrell Davis is in the Super Bowl, or excuse me, in the Hall of Fame, partly because of those two rings. 2,000 yards, Montana, you know. Didn't play very long. Right, Elway had always fallen short when he had, you know, what was it, the three amigos out in Denver? I don't remember what their name was, Ricky Natiel and. Vance Johnson and, and um, you know, those type of players. But we say it all the time. Mark Jackson. Yeah, Mark Jackson. We say it all the time that 
you can count on one hand among the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game, top 25, top 30 quarterbacks in the history of the game, I can think of only four who don't have a ring. The most obvious is Dan Marino. Fran Tarkington, what, three trips or four trips with Minnesota. Jim Kelly, 0 for 4. And I'm going to put Dan Fouts in there with Eric Coriel, all right, with Charlie Joyner and Kellen Winslow and John Jefferson and Chuck Muncie. Um, some others may say, you know, Warren Moon, sure, and Warren Moon also put up ridiculous numbers in the Canadian Football League, which took a little bit away from what he did in the NFL. Someday you may want to say Philip Rivers and add him uh, to the list. But we could sit here all night and talk about great baseball players. And I understand the modern era of the Super Bowl. This is only year 58. Baseball goes way back. You do the same thing in the NBA. You do the same thing in the National Hockey League. Uh, There is a difference with the Hall of Fame when it comes to being a quarterback and winning a Super Bowl and being a quarterback and not winning a Super Bowl. If Eli Manning gets in, the first thing you're going to see that defines him, okay, is two Super Bowl rings with the New York Giants. I'm just telling you, I appreciate your opinion. It shouldn't be that hard to figure out the guy has the ball in his hands every single play. Like, he's so much different than every other player on the field. So, yeah, that's why Super Bowl wins mean so much more to quarterbacks. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if we were to pull up Eli Manning's numbers and pull up Ken Anderson's numbers and pull up Vinny Testaverde's numbers, I bet they're not that different, especially Vinny Testaverde. But what, again, what is the one thing that absolutely head and shoulders sticks out between Vinny Testaverde and Eli Manning? The numbers are really close. It's the two Super Bowl rings. So Eli has 366 touchdowns. Vinny only has 275. Um, 60% completion rating for Eli, only 56 for Vinny. How about yards? Um, yards, Vinny has 46,000, and Manning has 57,000. Okay. Pull up Philip Rivers for us. Give me the Rivers numbers. If you have them there. All right, Phillip Rivers had 421 touchdowns to Eli's 366. He only had 209 picks to Eli's 244. His completion percentage was 65 to Eli's 60, and he had 63,000 yards to Eli's only 57,000. All right, he's but he a Hall has of zero Famer. rings. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, still. absolutely. He is. He's a Hall of Famer. Those numbers are insane. And, of course, they were traded for one another. The first family of the NFL said, my son's not playing in San Diego. <laughs> one, of the, one of the greatest dumbed-down stories in, in, in our lifetime, okay? Because, again, I mean, it's just like certain people get, like, passes. That whole Manning thing, you know, to this day, people will bring up Bo Jackson. To this day, people will bring up John Elway, whatever. Uh, but the Manning thing was like, shh, don't say a word. It's the Mannings. Uh, we will allow it. Anyway, I, uh, I disagree uh, with your point, but I, I, I do thank you for making it. I guess I'm really going to spend most of my time on this in the 7 o'clock hour, but I, I want to give it just a moment, okay, because in about three minutes I'm going to get out of here. Uh, you know what? Scratch that. Scratch that. It, I can't possibly 
give my opinion in three minutes. So I, I'm sorry I teased it. It was like the first radio tease I'd, I'd done in like 20 years. And uh, because we got a little bit sidetracked here. See, this is an example from the 7370 who brought up a very intriguing point. And we are so um, interactive with our listeners because you're such an important part of the show that you made me blow my teeth. And I'm going to have to wait now until 7 o'clock to go there because I thought that this hit the spot after what I just talked about with Fred Taylor and, and Eli Manning being eligible a year ago. Don't let anyone ever tell you that Baloo and La Selva are not deeply enthralled night after night after night on into the night with you, the listener. And you can get us anytime, 641 Actually, check that. You can't get us anytime. You can get us during the show, 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. You can get me anytime, okay? You can be in my backswing tomorrow, and you can blow up my Twitter at Baloo1010XL. And um, uh, as always, uh, it is appreciated. But, yes, I I do want to get to that. I I think you'll enjoy it. That's coming up uh, now. We're going to have to make some changes here, and we'll get to it at 7 o'clock on uh, something I want to bring up that involves Shad Khan. All right, tonight's program brought to you by Patriot Roofing Services, specializing in all types of commercial residential roofing and repairs. All right, gutters, sun tubes, skylights as well. Ten-year workmanship warranty. Financing is available and no subcontractors. That's the best part of it. Your, your entire relationship here and everything involved with it is with one man, okay? And that's Mark Tizzolo. Give him a call. Good buddy of mine. 982-4052. Licensed and insured. Uh, discounts for military, senior citizens. Whether you need a new roof or repairs to your current roof, it could be for your business. It could be for your home. It's Patriot Roofing Services. When we do come back, let's go to Radio Row. Let's bring in our good buddy, the Philly Rooster. Let's check the very latest on the money as we get closer to Super Bowl. 58. Let's ring up another guest on the All Pro Roofing phone line. All right, a Bostonian got me on the text line, 7393. It says, Blue, it's the crew. And I should have known that since I was born right down the road, but I mean, the crew took place on the Charles River. That's where Harvard and I just kind of passed my way through there trying to get into a bar underage or perhaps going to Fenway Park. So what do we call it? Rowing and canoeing and yeah, all that? It's I big don't know up if there. it's the crew. I think it's just crew. It's big there for all those Ivy Leaguers, man. I mean, it's huge on the Charles. Speaking of the Ivy League, of course, you got Penn in the state of Pennsylvania. Let's bring in um, the Philadelphia Rooster, who also calls, uh, calls Las Vegas his home, and he's getting ready for Super Bowl 58. Philly Rooster, always a pleasure. A pleasure, my friend. Can you believe the Super Bowl is here? It's two days away. The town is on absolute complete fire. Can't even get into restaurants, but it, it's a good time. All right, you've been there for a while. You've seen it all. We just we talked about the disaster of the open wheel racing that was there recently. Compare this. What What is this? Is it uncomparable to anything else you've ever seen there? It's totally uncomparable, um, but it's a lot better than the F1 race. It, it, 
What happened with the F1 race? And they should have learned this from the marathon from last year, which was a disaster as well. When you block off the strip and the side streets, you can't get from casino to casino. So a five-minute trip ends up cost taking you 45 minutes in an Uber mm. because a lot of the crosswalks were blocked too. And this is completely different. Everything's wide open. There's, I mean, millions of people, literally. Every hotel is packed, but you can still get around. You can get to your restaurant. You can get to, you know, if you got to get over to the MGM, you can get there relatively quickly. So this, this is a totally different ballgame. You know, it's amazing because, as, as you're aware of, no one likes to complain like the media. And outside of New Orleans, where everything is there, you know, the hotels, and then it's Bourbon, and then it's the, the Superdome, people just complain about where this Super Bowl is. Glendale's not bad, but it's a little bit of a haul to get to the stadium. Same thing in, in Los Angeles, and in, even go back to the Orange Bowl or, or where the new stadium is and kind of uh, in North Miami, South Fort Lauderdale. But it, it just feels like no matter where the Super Bowl is, there isn't a perfect spot for it. I thought Vegas would be. I think it is. I think when the, the smoke clears here, you're going to find that people agree because, you know, it's the only town in the world where they did it right. The, mm-hmm. the airport's right in the middle of town. Yeah. When you land in Vegas, you can be at your hotel in 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and you can wait to the last minute to leave. And they centralized everything. So, I mean, this town was built right. It was, it was done right. Uh, I think this is a resounding success. People are going to see how easy it is to get to the stadium on Sunday. And, uh, yeah, I think when everybody leaves, you're going to hear nothing but glowing reports. All right, Philly Rooster, what do you make of uh, of this week so far? Your, your thoughts on uh, the way that the Sharps have bet this game so far and also the public, the way they've handled Kansas City and San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going to give you two scenarios here. I'm going to give you the truth, and then I'm going to give you my heart. So this game opened two with some two-and-a-halves and 47-and-a-half. Literally has not moved, which is very, very curious because about 70% of the bets and over 70% of the money is on the Chiefs, the underdog, Wow, which is very rare. When that happens, the line usually moves down. So this game should be sitting one or a pick right now, Mm -hmm. and it has not moved at all. And that is telling you one very clear, resounding message. 49ers are the right side here. That tells you the sharp money is on the favorite, and it doesn't matter how much money the public bets on the Chiefs, they are not moving this line off of two and a half. Wow. wow. It's amazing to me. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I've been burned by Mahomes too many times. Uh, give me the better qu- coach, the better quarterback, and as Billy Walters told me yesterday, the better kicker, which he looks very closely at. Now, um, so now Billy Walters like – Chiefs. Good, good. I like the Chiefs here plus the three, even on the bye. The Billy Walters said he would lay up the one thirty-two on the Chiefs plus three. Amazing, and 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 you nailed it. I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but you went straight to the two key points. Who's going to take Shanahan over Reed? Who's going to take Purdy over Mahomes? Yeah, and that's the problem. But. I don't understand this line. I don't understand the line movement. Um, I've seen this too many times in my career not to know that it's a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I cannot get over the, the Reed Mahomes factor. I just can't do it in my head. 
Yeah, that, that is amazing to me. And, uh, boy, that, that's a real intriguing point that you think regardless of what happens here financially speaking, it's, it, it's not going to move that line. Uh, do, you have a, uh, do you have an opinion on the total? I lean under uh, only because of the way the last couple Chiefs games have gone. And, you know, Mahomes isn't trying to be a hero. He's just trying to win. So I lean under there, and I also wrote down a couple props for you. I got a little bit of inside information today. Okay. Uh, Debo's more banged up than we're hearing about. Ooh. Uh, so I basically took all the unders in Debo. So I went under four and a half receptions, plus 120, and under 60 and a half receiving yards, minus 120. And one other sharp prop bet for you. The Chiefs to score a touchdown in the first quarter is, yes, plus 110. Andy Reid is the best two-drive game planner after two weeks rest that has ever lived. I like it. So your your football props are – I mean, your props are football props. There's so many absurd props uh, that are there that I think can really just kind of screw you up. Do you just totally avoid them, or is there maybe a couple that you'll play, you know, closer well, to kick? I heard one today. It's interesting. <laughs> if you like Kelsey over receiving – also go over on shots to Taylor Swift because the uh, every time he catches a ball, they're going to Swift. You know, that's that. brilliant. That's and brilliant. Yeah. His total six and a half and her totals five and a half. <laughs> so if you like the over, <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh, great. Yeah. That... Uh, this is the stuff you love. I mean, I don't bet big money on these props. But you, you got to do them just, you know, for some extra. Well, reason. that's a great point. And it's one that I, I wouldn't have thought of. You know, if, if he catches six, seven balls, they're going to show her every time he makes every, a big play. Every catch. They've done it every game. Yeah. So if you go over six and a half, go over five and a half on Taylor Swift. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Hey, Philly Rooster, what a year, man. Uh, appreciate it as always. It, it was a... Uh, a tremendous amount of fun. Just my luck for me to come in there next weekend, and you won't be there. I'm sorry I'm going to miss you. Yeah, I'm going for the year. I've had it. I get tired. I got to, you know, my summers are spent on the East Coast, but definitely give me a call next week. Yep, and uh, we will uh, certainly have you back here once March Madness gets kicked off. But uh, I want to thank you from all of our listeners here in Jackson. Once again, for the final time, uh, tell all of our listeners how they can get a hold of you, Philly Rooster. Just follow me at Philly Rooster. You get a lot of free games. I've been a little quiet on Twitter lately just because I've been so busy with this college basketball. But by the madness, I'll be giving out a lot of free games. Thank you, Philly Rooster. Uh, Best of luck with your plays this weekend, and uh, we'll get together soon. That sounds good. Take care. There he goes, Philly Rooster. Good stuff there. Yeah, makes a lot of sense uh, with that particular uh, prop. Uh, You know, it's – there's like a ton of people out there. Oh, I can't stand Taylor Swift. I hate Taylor Swift. I don't get it. I just don't. Um, but it'll be interesting how that'll change if you're going to play the over, right, on Taylor Swift uh, shots, uh, Travis Kelsey, receptions, uh, pretty interesting stuff. But uh, the Philly Rooster uh, giving us that. What do you make of this, JJ? I mean, you, you and I and, you know, I guess we'll – Insert our picks. We're both going with Kansas City, correct? Uh, yeah. I think five and a half a lot mm-hmm. to show her. Uh, actually, I, you know, I, I've i noticed in the last few weeks that they'll show her always when Kelsey scores a touchdown. Not necessarily all his catches, but when he scores a touchdown, it's a lock. 
And they've shown her, like, after the first touchdown, like, Pacheco scored a couple times and they've shown her. But as it gets later in the game, you see less and less of her. Mm. And I, But at the same time, CBS is going to be leaning in hard on that. All you right, know, we- they're going to get so many extra. I don't know. Will they get extra viewers? I, I, think, I feel like people watch the Super Bowl anyway. I don't know if anyone's like tuning in because Taylor Swift might be at the Super Bowl. Well, you know what? And, and, and I got one for you because I have read absolutely everything that you can read to get ready for this Super Bowl. The advertisers, a lot of the advertising is now going to be tailor-made oh, for no. women. For women because they believe that more women are watching Sunday because of Taylor Swift. Maybe. I feel like most advertisements are for, for women anyways. Um, but yeah, I guess that would be crazy that they would switch things up last minute. I feel like if you're spending like a bazillion dollars on a 30 second Super Bowl spot, you've probably had this spot in the camp for like months, you know, like it's your whole, it's a big deal. You've been thinking about it all year. So for them to like switch it up for T Swift fans, I think that would be pretty hilarious. Pretty fascinating stuff though, as to what the Philly rooster told us, the more than 70% of the bets. Mm-hmm. whether it's big money or it's $10 bets on Kansas City. More than 70%, uh, or excuse me, more than 70% of the bets and 70% of the money, both on Kansas City, but they're convinced that San Francisco is the right pick. Um, dangerous. I, I think Kansas City wins. You think Kansas City wins. You listen to the Philly Rooster, he thinks Kansas City wins yet he's convinced that San Francisco's going to win because of the way that everything has worked in these Las Vegas books to me that is the greatest definition of all leave it alone <laughs> don't play it or not a lot just watch the game and have a good time i would recommend you bet on it because it is the super bowl but not anything crazy like, you should, you should always have a bet on the Super Bowl. All right, so if you were making a bet, I, I would have – I would take Kansas City plus two. I would take them straight up. Oh, so but, you play money line, right? But if you look at the money line, we talked about it yesterday, actually, with um, Rafael Esparza. It's only plus 105. Like, they're screwing us, man, on this money. Like, it, it's usually like 120. You know, if it's like a two-and-a-half, three-point underdog or something, we should be getting a lot more than plus 105. Vegas is getting both sides. You know, they're they're making sure they're going to make their money either way. Um, Whoever wins. They the, always do. The Philly Rooster has, um, you know, he's very well-connected to several casinos. In Las Vegas, and and he's giving us up-to-the-date information that he gets right off the strip from some of the premier books there in Las Vegas. Uh, Bet Online, which we talked about a little bit earlier, they gave us that ridiculous poll that I mentioned uh, that involved Taylor Swift and where the Jaguars, believe it or not, were not last, uh, which was kind of cool. Here's their up-to-the-moment, okay? 56% of the money on the Chiefs, plus two. Uh, 62.3% of the money is on the Chiefs' money line at plus 110. 63.2% of the money is on the over, the total over 47.5 points. Yeah, squares play overs. That's just, you know, casual sports fans don't bet under. It's because it's no fun. 
All right. And what is interesting as well, and this is a little bit different than what the Philly Rooster just told us. Sharp money. Now, I do not know how Bet Online defines sharp money. Right? It's like right. one of those great to be considered a sharp is like one of those great uh titles that you can give yourself like I've given myself the title of being a baseball historian. No one else has ever called me a baseball historian, but in my world, I am a baseball historian. I also consider myself in the, in the field unofficially as like a serial killer expert. Okay, so th- those are two self-created. Um, Do you have one that you, that you call yourself? That- uh, Adonis. JJ, you're a trophy. You're, you're a trophy <laughs> husband. Trophy husband. Yeah, that, that's what you are. Right. I th- I think that, I mean, we know the big guy. You know, they they say there's like huge syndicates out there that people know about, which is like a group of people who all put their money together for these big bets. But then we saw Billy Walters yesterday, who actually is putting money on the Chiefs. He said he thinks the Lions should be like three or four points different the other way, yeah. uh, and he's only putting a small bet down. He said 500000 to a million dollars. Small bet for Billy Dubs. So anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was uh, with the Philly Godfather yesterday. But yeah, I, 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 outstanding. I, they know who the Sharps are. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. So I would just take their word for so it. So here's what they, this is a little bit different for the Philly Rooster. Sharp money, 84.5% are on the Niners at minus two. So the, the experts are taking the Niners at minus two. The experts are taking Niners money line at minus 130, which means you have to lay down 130 bucks to win 100. 74.1% also sharp money on the under 47 and a half. 65.4% think that this year's Super Bowl will come under. Uh, I actually picked Chiefs 27 24. That, so that's an over. That goes and, just over, yeah. Yeah, and that's the second most popular exact score the the most popular and and this is crazy because san francisco's favored the two most popular scores are, are kansas city yeah. yeah kansas city's the most popular one is kansas city 31 to 21 over san francisco wow four times A as 10 much point as, win four times as much as any other play okay and the next one up is is kansas city 27 24 then it's kansas city 24 17 And then you finally get to San Francisco, 31-21, and San Francisco, 31-17. We've got to take a break. We have absolutely overshot the runway. But this is important stuff. It is. Man, I'm so glad. I'm not. What's that you said? The itch? Is Baloo getting the itch? No. Not even close. All right, coming up next, something on Shogcom, which I do believe you will like. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Houston got the offensive and defensive rookie of the year last night. Oof. Scary. It is. I thought the Jaguars' first-round rookie obviously had a very good year in, uh, in Anton Harrison. But, you know, after the Super Bowl, and we've already been all over, uh, the NFL draft during Senior Bowl week. I had a couple of guests on this week. Um, I 
next week, much more on that. Then I'm going to take my first vacation since July, the week uh, that does follow that. And then as soon as I come back is combine week. So, yeah, there's never a slow time. But I'm really, really interested in draft evaluation where it was and where it's going to be. Uh, The Jaguars have had 29 draft picks in the last three years. 29, okay? They had two number one picks. They've had 16 selections in the first four rounds. 16. In the last three drafts. 16. Uh, The way that my mind works... Okay. 16 starters would be outrageous, but I'm thinking a dozen, a baker's dozen, right? Or at least 10 at a minimum. Um, I'm not going to go through it right now because this is something that I'm going to spend a great deal of time on, you know, after the Super Bowl. But th- th- this, this becomes an enormous draft for Trent Baalke, and I have felt all along that he is on the hot seat until I asked him that, and he told me he does not worry about his job, and I got out of there a couple of Thursdays ago thinking, wow, could he literally go 3-14 and and still save his job? That gets us to the situation that popped out today. I think it actually did happen last night on the red carpet. Uh, with the NFL awards and and Woody Johnson, who he Woody Johnson, similar to Shad Khan in this fashion, hadn't said a word since the season ended, right? And and just remember what happened in New York. Aaron Rodgers went down. Robert Sala uh, problems. He's a def- defensive minded guy, but there's been just all sorts of issues, uh, especially on the offense. Well, last night on the red carpet. Woody Johnson comes out and makes no bones about it. He says, they are on blast. Robert Sala, the coach, is up against it. Joe Douglas, the general manager, is up against it. I have put them on a playoff mandate. You take us to the playoffs or you're out of a job. He said that on the 8th day of February. It's now the 9th. I just said to myself, here we have been dying for information, searching for information. And I do believe that Doug Peterson is really transparent. But I can't help but remember the last things that we have heard. Doug Peterson said he needed time to decide what he wanted to do with his coaching staff. Obviously, that's true. They still haven't announced what their coaching staff is, right? I mean, another week's gone by. We don't know who is going to be on this staff. But after that press conference, within a two-hour window, we found out that Mike Caldwell and the majority of the defensive coaches had been fired. It, It raised more questions as opposed to answering questions. A couple of weeks later... 18 days after the end of the season was the Trent Bulky one. And again, when I asked him about 
would he change things at all this year, which I, I firmly do believe he's going to, because I think that there's a large part of me that thinks he's he's got to save his job. He's got to make moves to win this year to save his job, even though he told me he's not worried about losing his job. Put, let's put it all out there. And this is what's most important, you, fan, all right? The same fan that told me you were done and you weren't coming back. Okay, right. I hear it every year. Okay, you're coming back. You're going to support the Jaguars. I want you to support the Jaguars. I want to see this team win because of you. I don't want to see this team win because of Trent Baalke. I don't want to see this team win because of Doug I Fine. If they're the guys, fine. I want them to win because of you. But imagine New York today. Imagine getting up a Jets fan, because I don't think a lot of people watched that ridiculous dog and pony show last night unless you were hoping to see Fred Taylor get in. Obviously, I just watched it on Twitter. I I just have no patience uh, for that type of stuff. Um, If that had happened here, what if last night Shad Khan walked the red carpet? What if Shad Khan said last night, yeah, I'm angry. Oh, by the way, he blasted Zach Wilson. Just blasted his quarterback. And um, you know, frankly, I love this because I hate hidden truths. I, I like man-to-man, let's get it out there, right? Let, let's, let's put it on out there. Here's what's going We don't know what's going on here, okay? We don't know. I just gave you both examples. We don't know what's happening here. Sean Khan hasn't said a word outside of the fact that he's excited to renew his relationship in London. We know nothing from him. What if last night Shad Khan was Woody Johnson and he walked that red carpet and he said, yeah, I've spoken with Doug Peterson and yeah, I've spoken with Trent Baalke and here's the deal. If they don't make the playoffs, they're gone. How would you react? something like that, knowing it's out there. There's no Diana Rossini reports that are going to come in. There's no Jason Lockenfora. He's hearing whispers that there's none of that. It's, it's there. It's playoffs or it's a clean slate. Very rarely do we hear things this exact, this precise, this to the minute. It's always a leak. An anonymous source said this, belief is this, all the time, okay? And that's that's part of the job of, of being a reporter and what have you. But this early out, I mean, we're, month, we're one month removed from the NFL season. How would your mind change as a diehard Jaguar fan if you knew? Because right now, I don't know. And that's what's so frustrating about this. I just said two minutes ago. That after I asked Trent Bulky that question, there's a part of my brain that is saying it doesn't matter what the record is. Trent Bulky has got Shad Khan convinced that he'll find his way through it because he can say there were injuries, there was this, there was that. We had to play a game in Brazil. We had to play two. I don't know what it's going to be, but th- there is that feeling that Trent Bulky only has to impress one man. And he has in Shah Khan. What if you knew differently? What if you knew playoffs or he's gone? 
Doug Peterson, playoffs, or he's gone. And you knew it this early. You knew it in February, early February. Amazing story to me. And getting a lot of comments that are coming in if you want to uh, uh, voice yours on it. Always the best way to do it, 641-1010 on our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, very rare set of circumstances here. It's almost George Steinbrenner-esque, you know, going back into the 70s, early 80s uh, with the New York Yankees. What do you think, JJ? How would this city react if the owner came out and did exactly what Woody Johnson did last night? Well, the, the context is obviously different because he was talking specifically about, like, the backup quarterback. Um, but if he came out and was said, like, Trevor has to be better, I would be shocked, first of all, because he doesn't say anything. But if he was a guy like Jerry Jones or Woody who talks to the media a good amount, I guess I wouldn't be shocked by that, you know, by just saying, hey, our offense has to be better. He, we drafted this guy high. He needs to be better. He knows that, something like that. But from Shad, yeah, I would be floored if he said something like that. No. I, I, I'm glad he doesn't because he's not a football guy. Mm-hmm. Like for Woody Johnson to do it, for Jerry Jones to do it, that's fine because they're, you know, part of the everyday goings on of the football team. I, I know that he's not like that at all here. So it will be super weird if he just started talking about football stuff. It's like, that's not your thing. We know it's not your thing. Why all of a sudden are you making it your thing? Woody Johnson said we got to produce this year, uh, putting both Joe Douglas and Robert Sala fully on blast. Playoffs or you're out. Yeah, that. I well, I, I mean, I, it's so different. It's so it's so real. It's um, I mean, you and I've been doing this for a long, long time. I can't outside of like Billy Martin with George Steinbrenner. I'm trying to think of the last time you knew this far out, man. You've got to win, or you're gone. No one says well, that. Yeah, we know it, but we never hear it from the horse's mouth. Like we know that Mike McCarthy has to win this year. He's gone. You know, we That's already a great knew example. Salah was. On the hot seat, you know, but for an owner to come out and straight up tell everyone in the media that, I love it. It's and, a breath and, of fresh air. And, 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 and picture yourself in New York now because you know how those reporters are. Oh, my God. This story has been huge. He I'm says sure. it on the red carpet to a guy in Vegas. I think he said it to Jesse. Uh, I was a group, it was a group of reporters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he's. I mean, so there's going to be those New Yorkers now that are going to be like, you know, their job is to get this story, not to have it happen. You know, what the hell's the Jets owner doing on on a red carpet in Las Vegas? And so, and that might have been by design too. You never know how these billionaires are thinking. You know, watch this. I'll 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 oversee the the local media and I'll do it in a national setting. Um, I just came from dinner. I had a couple of drinks. Yeah. I'm feeling a little loose. Yeah, I might say something to the media. You want to react to this, please do. Let me know what you would think. I mean, as a diehard Jaguar fan, and and because, again, you can speculate that that's the case, but I don't know that that's the case. Doug Peterson said back-to-back winning seasons. When's the last time you can say that about this franchise? This is a losing franchise. He's had back-to-back winning seasons. And, again, I you know, you listen to Trent Bulky, he does not act as though – he is concerned about his job. Shad Khan is 63 and 137 as an owner. You want more. 
as a fan. Nine and eight. Nine and eight last year was really good. It was a surprise. It was a second half run. Nine and eight this year was a disaster because you went from eight and three to nine and eight, but still, 63 and 137. And you've gone 18 and and you've gone 18 and 16 in the last two years. That's that's marked improvement during his tenure. If you obviously there without knowing the context of the season and how they got those wins and losses, let's just say they finish with the exact same record again next season, but they make the playoffs, but they get bounced in the first round. I mean, Doug's coming back. So is Trent Baalke. I tend to agree with that. You said make the playoffs and lose in the first round? Yeah. Yeah. With a 9-8 and eight record. Okay. What if they go 7-10? and 10? No. Fire them both? Yeah, I th- okay. I, I wouldn't be. Sh- I I would be shocked if they came back after that. Yes, I, I'm guessing that most of our listeners agree with that. But I bet a lot of listeners would be pissed about another nine and eight. You know, you get bounced in the first round. All right, all right. Here's but the one for owner it. would probably think, "Hey, we'll keep him around after that." But the fans wouldn't be happy with it. All right, we, we need to take a break. But let me, we, if they're seven and ten. And one survived. Only one of the two oh, survived. I would There's, say Doug, probably. Re- See, that's what I'm gonna <laughs> that's where I'm totally, totally disagreeing with you. I don't think Bulky wanted Doug Peterson. I think Bulky talks to Shad way more than Doug does. Oh, I agree with that. And I I I do believe that they should go to – if it was that, I think you blow the whole thing up. But why do I believe that if one survived, this place would go insane it's if they did that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, we got much more to do. If you want to comment, 641-1010 on our text line. That is Lifetime Enclosure. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. An interesting day in college football as well. Bill O'Brien, uh, Bill O'Brien, long rumored uh, to go to BC, but apparently uh, the ink finally hit the pen today uh, for Bill O'Brien. It's been last year, um, you know, under uh, Bill Belichick in New England. Uh, he was at Alabama. Was Bill O'Brien? Where was Bill going again? He was Ohio State. That's right. For like two weeks, he got like two or three kids mm. that he coached at Bama to transfer, including that five-star quarterback, and then he bounced. So he was in Boston. He's going to stay in Boston. He'll go from. Yeah. Did he even go get to Ohio? Did he even move out of his house? It's an interesting story with Bill O'Brien because, you know, he um he and Doug Marone were really good friends, and their wives were roommates together at Boston College, okay? And, um, yeah, when the Marones were here, I, I knew Doug's, uh, Doug's uh, family a little bit, his wife. Um, they used to host parties uh, once a year, big barbecue, which was always nice for, for members of the media, and she's just a, a, a very nice lady, but they, they were roommates, and that's how Bill and Doug – actually became friends. So Bill's going to stay. Remember, he owned Marone here. Right. In, oh, my God. Yeah, in, in, in the Boston area. But I, I wonder if 
I wonder if Doug Marone wants to head back that way. I wonder if Doug Marone, he's been, what, the offensive line coach for the last couple of years. He was with Bill O'Brien in Bama. He's the Dolphins coach now. For a, for a small period of time. Then he went to New Orleans to run the offensive line. He's now in Miami. Oh, no, I was wrong about that. Sorry. He's, he's still with the Saints. Okay. Well, it says 2022 to 2023. Does that mean he's not there anymore? Um, I that's yeah, kind of, he was dismissed from his position six days ago, unfortunately. Would not be surprised at all if that call has already been made. Don't know if it's going to, but they're really good friends. Their wives are really good friends. And with Bill O'Brien now going to Boston College, we'll, we'll keep an eye as to whether or not Doug Marone joins him. I have no idea if he is. I'm just merely throwing that out there. Uh, the other part that was really interesting today is Chip Kelly says, see ya. As a head coach at UCLA, where he was 35 and 34 in six years, it's really going to be difficult for UCLA now. Entering the Big Ten, he says, fine, I'll go. I'll run my offense for Ryan Day uh, at Ohio State. Bill O'Brien obviously left. He came, he left. Now it's my opportunity. But it's not too often when you see – and it's a, I can't call UCLA – a blue blood, right? That's that's not the case. But UCLA traditionally is not a laughable school. They've always been number two to USC. It's still a brand name. It's a basketball school, but it's still a brand name, UCLA. And this is a clear-cut scenario where he's been on the hot seat, and he's going to enter this year on the hot seat. He says, forget about it. Instead, I'll go, and I'll run this offense at Ohio State, and maybe this becomes – the Nick Saban recoup your career, you know, reignite your career like Lane Rehab. Kiffin did. And, yeah, so many Steve Sarkeesian did. Um, Bill O'Brien did. A lot, you know, a lot of these coaches did it. Went to – this is kind of an eerie – it is. It's eerie. It's similar with uh, with Chip Kelly saying pressure's off. Well, not pressure's off, but he now can do what run he, this offense. He's good at doing and what he enjoys doing, which is just drawing up plays, getting the offense rolling, something he did so amazing his entire career at Oregon. You know, and then we saw when he went to Philadelphia, you're like, oh, this guy is not a people person. This guy is not a leader. This guy sucks at the rest of the non-offensive play calling part of being a football coach. And that's sort of followed him his entire yeah. time at UCLA. He was um, the year that Jackson won to the AFC Championship game. Their, their latest trip to the AFC Championship game, when um, we were in New England to practice, Jacksonville practiced with um, the Patriots, and it was a it was an incredible s- set of circumstances. That is when Brandon Albert went AWOL. That is when Doug Marone's coach uh, at Syracuse died, uh, Dick McPherson. Tom Coughlin out of nowhere spoke. He spoke on McPherson. He spoke about Brandon Albert. That was also a time when there was a ton of rumors that Jimmy Garoppolo would be coming here. And kind of the joke when he left, because everyone figured that Jacksonville would again be, a, you know, the bottom of the barrel. It was, uh, yeah, we'll see you back here for the AFC Championship game. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. But also, Chip Kelly, and I don't know if he was out of work for that particular year, but he's a new he's from New Hampshire. And he began his career up east. But during that practice session in the early part of August, Chip Kelly was there for each and every practice. 
Yeah, he and was I, out of jobs at that point. And I, I remember just casually, you know, when you see a guy like that and they're on the sideline, you, one of the great things is training camp, whatever, is, is you know, spend a, you know can, can you get anything from him? Not necessarily a sit-down interview. In some cases, yeah, but can, can And he was just so, just leave me alone. You know, just kind of a weird, weird bird. But, uh, but anyway, all right, quick, give me a number. 47. Wrong. Michael Irvin. <laughs> How many coaches, head coaches, in college football to begin the 2024 season have won a national title? Head coaches. Give me a number. Kirby. Uh, we have uh, Mac. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, without going through, I'm going to say five. Three. Damn. That's insane. Three. You lost Jimbo, you lost Nick, and you lost Jim Harbaugh. You have Mac Brown, and a lot of people will forget about Mac Brown. The, obviously, Kirby and Dabo are going to be mentioned. But where in the hell are we in the world of college football where we, out of 125 schools, only have three head coaches who have won a national championship? Are you kidding me? And one's like in his late seventies, I think. I mean, how old's Mac? He, yeah, he's got to be he's up not there. Long to keep, he's not coaching very much longer. But and and I get it. It all changes. And I, I seventy two. Yeah, is he? But it wasn't too long ago. We're around here. You're like Bobby Bowden, Joe Paterno. Steve Spurrier, Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Erickson, um, Bo Schembechler, Woody Hayes. Um, you know, the, the list just went on and on. Uh, Pete Carroll, I guess that moves it up a little bit to, to the early 2000s. Um, Tom Osborne. Tom Osborne. I mean, they, they were recognized, same names, Barry Switzer. Same names, right? At three? Joe Pa. Three, that's where we are in college football. Uh, you know, we. It, th- this is, believe it or not, this is a period in football where big name coach represent, uh, representation is at an all-time low. I just gave you college football. When I started to comprehend the game of the NFL. The coaches were as important as the teams. It was Chuck Knoll and the Steelers. It was Tom Landry and the Cowboys. It was Don Shula. It was Bill Walsh. It was Mike Ditka. You know, Lombardi, all right, before my time. But it was uh, Bud Grant, okay? It was um, Marv Levy. It was, uh, now with Belichick gone? I mean, you got Andy Reid. Do you think, do you think Harbaugh in Baltimore? Pete Carroll gone. Uh, Mike Tomlin. I'll give you Mike Tomlin, and and, and I'll give you Andy Reid. So how many in the world of of football? I'm giving you only two in the NFL. If you want to, if you want to argue Harbaugh, okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, I think he's been there. You've been there 14, 15 years. Yeah, and he's been more successful than Tomlin. So I. 
we'll, we'll go two, maybe three in the NFL. How many in college? Not in this state. I mean, Norvell's making some bones, but I mean, feel free to do it for a little while. Certainly not Napier. Certainly not down with Cristobal. Okay? It's not Bama. It's not LSU. It's not Auburn. It's not Tennessee. Dabo, Kirby. Who else? Who else? Do you you going to tell me Ryan Day? Are you going to tell me James Franklin? What about Utah's coach? Okay. Winnie Ham's been around for almost 20 years. Kirk Ferentz has been around for more. Okay. Good quality programs. But they're not winning titles. Programs are never going to win a title. Okay. You going to tell me Oklahoma? You going to tell me Steve Sarkeesian in Texas? You going to tell me Lincoln Riley in USC? This is such a weird era where you just can't look at coaches and, and, and schools or professional teams the way that we once did. It is beyond bizarre. And, you know, I was giving this a lot of thought earlier today. It's almost this way in any sport. Coach K's gone. You know, Bayheim's gone. Roy Williams is gone. Look at Major League Baseball. Look at the great Dusty Baker is now gone. Terry Francona is now gone. We, we Joe Madden is now gone. We, we are in such an era where these coaches are getting, and managers, and they are getting fired at a record pace. What was the deal that I knew we needed to the take NBA, a break here? Uh, the, the Bucks. But he was like 41 <laughs> and 9 or something. Yeah, like 12. I think they were 30 and 12, or I'm not sure. But yeah, he, he was in his first year, Adrian Griffin. Um, that's a sport. I mean, the guys get canned all the Like, I don't know who, I guess Popovich, obviously. But after him, I have no idea who's the longest. And that's always been the players will kill you. Jordan killed Doug Collins. Exactly. Paul Westhead was killed LeBron's by Magic. LeBron's been through a thousand coaches. I mean, no. Giannis just did it with this guy, who he got high. He got Bud, Coach Bud fired just to hire no. this guy, and then he got him fired like a quarter way through the season. I mean, in baseball, is it like Dave Roberts? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's, um, heck, it may be cash down the road. Oh. He's got to be and, and Aaron Boone. I mean, we all thought Aaron. Give give New York credit. We all thought Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone were going to get fired. They have not been fired. But yeah, it's um. I don't know. I just I I appreciate longevity. I I appreciate staying with right, and we're so quick. And, and that includes this fan base. Uh, you have an owner who's loyal. You have an owner who's not with a quick uh, trigger, uh, trigger finger. And who knows? Maybe, maybe that'll end up helping this team if they can turn some things around. But, I mean, just in general, it's, it's really pretty fascinating to look at where we are. I mean, this, the Bruins two years ago fired Bruce Cassidy. The guy's winning percentage was like 65, whatever. And then in one year, he goes to Las Vegas and wins the Stanley Cup in the same year that Boston has the best regular season in the history of the NHL, but they get knocked out in the first round by the Florida Panthers. How do you, fi- 
how do you fire Butch Cassidy? I'll tell you how they fire Butch Cassidy. With uh, with Bergeron and Krejci. Oh, so that even happens in the NHL. Oh, heck yeah. I always think of those guys as just like showing up to work with my lunch mm. pail on my helmet and just playing my sport and listening to the ocean. By the way, you were right. Uh, Kevin Cash is the second, or no, he is the longest serving manager. Um, Scott Service, Service, I'm not sure how you say his it name. It is Service, yeah. Yeah, for the Mariners right behind him and Dave Roberts uh, was hired in 2015, a year after them. And then Brian Snitker for the Braves, who the Braves won a World Series in spite of him. I've said that many times. I don't think he's very good. But, yeah, there's – I guess there's some guys you don't think about. Bud Black with Colorado has been Bud there Black forever. Bud Black came back. Troy Lavulo. You know, I'd, I'd have to look this up off the top of my head. I, 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 I would have to believe that John Cooper in Tampa – has the longest tenure of an NHL coach. So Tampa's up there with baseball and hockey as far as, you know, stability within those two franchises and what they have in common. I mean, despite no money, no payroll, Tampa wins in baseball. Obviously, that's different in hockey. It's a with totally different cap, element. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that that may be the best venue in this state. I love going to game lightning games, man. It may be the best. As a matter of fact, I think it is. It, it's the best. No, listen, I'm partial to going For to the pro spo- sports. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm partial to going to to Bobby Bowden Field, of course, okay? and the Swamp. I right. mean, like those are better. But going to a lightning game is spectacular. Right in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. it's it's just awesome. Bars everywhere. Yeah, it's a great place. Uh, yeah, John Cooper, March of 2013, second, Mike Sullivan uh, for the Penguins two years later. Hmm. Sully spent some time in Boston as well. All right, final thoughts coming up here on the other side. Get ready for Hacker Nation. He joins you at 8. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. We're going to get to a little bit of golf next week. Tiger Woods is playing at Riviera. Uh, temp, you know, a little bit of a, a delay yesterday, actually a 60 by Nick Taylor as he completed his first round, which con- concluded on this Friday. He's on hole 17 now, uh, so a hole to play. Um, and he's tied with Andrew Novak, both at 12 under consistent 65s for Novak. But a little bit of golf coming up next week. The Live did well as as far as their numbers uh, in their tournament last weekend as well. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up before we bring in Hacker. JJ, give us 30 seconds. How do you see Super Bowl 58? Uh, I like the Chiefs. I like them to score early and never look back. I think I'm going to go with like 24-17 Chiefs. I'm going to give you a uh, a trip to Mons Venus type of yes. game-winning touchdown drive. Patrick Mahomes gets the ball with two minutes, 19 seconds left. They move it up 20 yards of the two-minute warning. They burn a couple of timeouts, and he sets things up for a game-winning field goal. Kansas City wins their third Super Bowl as of late. And they take down the San Francisco 49ers, 27-24. to Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit TireOutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer.
Packer Nation Friday night in Duval. No place you'd rather be. Yeah, big, big, obviously, weekend with the Super Bowl. You know, it's funny, Rick, uh, and I'm guilty of this, too. Four weeks ago, if Kansas City and San Francisco played a game, I think a lot more people would pick San Francisco, right? But Kansas City's red hot. Because uh, keep in mind, it was Christmas Day that Las Vegas went into Arrowhead and beat them. Yeah. And people were thinking, well, are the Chiefs even going to win the division? San Francisco was a great football team. They only had the one hiccup against Baltimore. But it's recency biased, and I get it. Kansas City's looked so much better in the last month, which is why almost everybody's picking the Chiefs. Yeah, and, it, you know, that is a real popular uh, bet by the public. It's the, the, the money, uh, more than 70% on Kansas City as well, but I think a lot of the Sharps, I think a lot of the pros out there think that uh, that Kansas City could end up winning this when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Again, Kansas City, a very good team, and, and like we talked about all week, Green Bay probably outplayed them, yet they found a way to win the game. Detroit probably outplayed them, yet they found a way to win the game. They have clearly not played their best football. If they put it all together, who knows? But my logic is simple. Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, and San Francisco does not. Yeah. And really, that reason alone is why I'm picking the Chiefs. It's amazing. You look at all these numbers that are coming in. There's no doubt that the popular pick is is Kansas City getting the points, and, and that's the reason why I chose them as well. I'm taking Mahomes over Purdy, and others are absolutely uh, looking at Reed over Shanahan. But what are the wise guys doing, you know, and – are they going to lean towards Kansas City here, or are they taking San Francisco? Uh, Philly Rooster basically told us, man, he believes that San Francisco is the pick, that that's where the experts are going, but he can't register with it because of the reasons that you and I just identified it. That's what makes this, to me, a game that you should not bet. No, you sit back and enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, look, I didn't know this. Maybe you did. I found out today that the Friday before the Super Bowl may be the best day of the year to go to the grocery store because everything was buy one, get one free. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to tell me there's a lot of hot chicks there. Well, uh, it was, you know, at 11 a.m. on a Friday, so we were lacking in that department a little bit. (laughs) But, I mean, it was like pizzas and wings and jalapeno poppers and dips and, you know, sodas and tea, everything. Buy one, get one free, or buy two, that. get two free. Absolutely spectacular. Yeah. So that's just a public service announcement. If you're available to head out to where shopping is a pleasure right now, I would highly recommend it in the next hour. And so. what's that new commercial? I can watch a football game, go to the grocery store, football game, grocery. I mean, that's the way we're going, right, hey. with, uh, with streaming. So, And you can go during the game on Sunday. That's fantastic. All right, what else tonight? Yeah, obviously a lot of Jaguar talk, although we are going to break it up into the Super Bowl. We got a little college basketball. The Gators have a really big one tomorrow against Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers. We got a new show debuting on 1010XL this weekend, an NBA show. So we'll talk to RJ Saunders about that. So we got a lot to do over the next two hours. Should be a lot of fun. That's coming up, what, Sunday at 11? Sunday at 11. It's called Open Gym. So, uh yeah. Happy for RJ. He's a big NBA fan, so hopefully that show does well. All right. Happy for him as well. Have a great weekend and enjoy your show tonight. Thanks, Rick. That's going to do it for us, folks. Have a good one. Be safe. If you're drinking, great. Just don't drive. We used to do that. Ubers are everywhere. Cabs. Trains. Hitchhike. As long as you're not in Seattle. That's why Gary Ridgeway's in, in jail. Or around here, right? 
Eileen Warnos is gone. So isn't Ted Bundy. So, yeah, hitch. Hitchhike. Thank you to J.J. LaSelva. My name is Rick Ballou. I will talk with you Monday at 6 o'clock right here on your home of the Jaguars.